Boston University School of Law, recognized for excellence in legal education since 1872. It's the faculty. It's the students. It's the curriculum. It's the inspiration. Preparing students for the real-world practice of law today. Join host Dan Ray, BU Law alum and WBC 1030 radio host in Boston for this edition of the BU Law Podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Boston University Law School Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Ray, proud graduate of Boston University Law School, an attorney and a longtime broadcast journalist at WBZ-TV and now at WBZ Radio here in Boston. I do a radio talk show Monday through Friday called Nightside on WBZ Radio 1030, and I am pleased to host a program, BU Law on the Legal Talk Network. Today's guest is Joshua H. Soloway, also a graduate of Boston University Law School. He's the managing director of Rainmaker New York and the CEO of Soloway Group PC. Josh is a seasoned professional and a passionate entrepreneur with extensive legal and business expertise in energy, finance, natural resources, public policy, real estate technology, and tax. Josh's law firm, Soloway Group PC, provides outsourced U.S. special counsel and general counsel service for foreign clients. Prior to founding Soloway Group PC, Josh spent several years at PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP, where he advised alternative investment funds and energy clients with respect to the structuring of their international investments, doing business throughout Asia, Europe, Africa, and Latin America. Josh also has experience practicing law at a boutique firm in New York City, where he advised clients on real estate acquisitions, as well as developments in the real estate business in Los Angeles, and at a web-based software company called Rivio Incorporated that provides resource planning solutions for small businesses. Joshua, that's a long introduction, but welcome to the show, and it's great to have you with us. Well, thank you, and I appreciate the introduction. Uh, been a long you've been road, a busy, I guess. You've been a busy person, that is for sure. Talk to us a little bit about your roles at both Rainmaker New York and at the Soloway, uh, at Soloway Group PC. Well, I, um, I start, it really started at Soloway Group PC. I launched this firm uh, a little over a year and a half ago, I guess, um, under a new model um, with the idea of helping uh, non-U.S. clients to enter the U.S. market, whether to uh, raise capital, um, tap the U.S. capital markets uh, via public listings, uh, private placements, et cetera, um, or uh, just to expand their business into the U.S. Um, my focus has really been uh, where my network has been strongest in my experience in terms of energy. Um, and particularly in Western Canada, where um, there are a lot of uh, there's a lot of activity in the energy and natural resources space, and a lot of small and medium sized companies that just frankly don't even have a general counsel, let alone a uh, U.S. Uh, general counsel uh, to guide the ship, uh, so to speak, as they look to enter the U.S. for these various endeavors. Um, as far as Rainmaker is concerned, uh, I was working with Rainmaker. Um, Really, more as uh, almost as a client, uh, uh, which is sort of where the uh, relationship started off. Uh, I was about I was a potential client for them, um, and they were. Uh, we had many discussions as they they uh, did such a good job of really investing time and in getting to know our business model. And uh, through many discussions, uh, Clark Gruy, the CEO of Rainmaker. Um, just said, you know, I, I really just love this business model. We have this issue with our clients all the time in terms of finding the right legal counsel. Uh, 
you know, maybe we could work together. So, uh, Rainmaker itself is a, is a global business development company with offices in Calgary, uh, Toronto, Houston, London, Dubai, and New York. Um, and their mission in life really, our mission in life really is, um, to help companies, uh, grow, um, whether, uh, getting ready to grow, uh, in terms of seeking capital through our corporate development line of service. Uh, and that's just really uh, taking a hard look at their uh, at their organization in terms of structure, in terms of finances, uh, and prepping them to go out and look for capital, as well as uh, internationalization efforts, helping them to enter new markets, prioritize which markets to enter. And then once they do mo- enter those markets, helping them to connect with the right business partners, clients, um, and various other, uh, other, other elements that are critical to success. Uh, not least of which is uh, a solid strategic uh, plan for entering the market. Um, so it fits really well with the Solway Group. We believe it's a complete package. You're, you're a uh, a young lawyer. You graduated from Boston University Law School just a few years ago, uh, and and during the time from the time when you graduated until now, there's been a huge shift uh, in the legal industry. Uh, once. Uh, it was big, one-stop shopping, mega law firms. Uh, and there does seem to be a move away from that model toward the business model that, that you have uh, developed uh, over the years. So I, I think your timing has been pretty good here. Uh, I think so. I mean, quite frankly, if I tried to do what I'm, I'm doing now, and I guess I should sort of explain that, um, if I tried to do what I'm doing now, a lot of the big, part, big firms that we partner with would have... Uh, wouldn't have been willing really to try something like this because uh, they didn't need to. Really, what we do is uh, we have two lines of service. We have an outsourced general counsel service, which is for ongoing business in the U.S., and then we have what we call U.S. special counsel service. That's really more project-based. So, for for example, we have a client that's uh, doing a U.S. IPO now, look, pursuing a listing on the New York Stock Exchange, and um, we basically handle that process for them, put it out to bid. Just We view it like an engineering process, project or a construction project in the sense of uh, we just take it, uh, basically uh, pull out all the requirements, highlight various issues, put it out to bid to our network of law firms, which now includes 10 of the top-ranked U.S. law firms by AMLA. Um, and uh, we basically manage the process uh, of, of firm selection and then manage it just as if we were their general counsel until the project comes to a close. Um, we do that on a flat monthly retainer basis. Um a lot of law firms wouldn't have wanted to do that, frankly, uh, before because they didn't need to. Now they're uh, happy to have the business. But I wouldn't say we're moving away from big firms necessarily. There are a lot of benefits that big firms offer in terms of scale and reliable quality. Uh, and But at the same time, we recognize that no firm can be the best at everything. So we try to harness those benefits while freeing the client from the net that big firms seem to keep them in through their full-service model. So, so it sounds to me that basically you found looks like gaps in services that the big firms could provide, and, and you're kind of filling in those gaps. Is is that a fair characterization? Uh, yes, I think that's I think that's a fair characterization. I think um, the, the the full ser- looking at the full service firm model, it sort of struck me that um, the in- that there is a point to which at which. Uh, the benefit to the client sort of is is diminished in the sense that the motive for having these this full suite of services uh, from the law firm perspective is really that you don't want to lose your client. Uh, you know, if you have a, a corporate, uh, let's say you have a, a corporate finance client that has a uh, 
that that's being sued by its uh, uh, by a bondholder or what have you, and um, they go to a litigation firm. Well, that firm, if they have a, a good securities practice and what have you, they uh, they may steal your client. So uh, that's really what's driven this mega firm model um, under the guise, in some instances, although sometimes legitimate, of one stop shopping. So I think I think there's a fine line, and we try to give through our model access to the best in each area of legal need for each client. And in that sense, we provide one-stop shopping. Many of the big law firms uh, that traditionally hire, you know, new, newly minted lawyers out of law school um, have, have really started to scale back their hiring. Um, are law schools preparing their students, in your opinion, to, to succeed uh, adequately in this, this new sort of legal industry, legal industry landscape that you've described? Well, I mean, I think that law school is so focused on uh, on on really preparing litigators. And I think it does a, 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 it seems to do a stellar job of that. I think there's not as much done to prepare students for transactional practice. It's just the nature of teaching the law, perhaps, um, in terms of developing the, the the mode of thinking that's necessary to be an effective lawyer. Um, you have to look at a lot of case law. And um, I don't know if there's a way to... Uh, uh, I would like to see more uh, preparation for transactional attorneys, since especially schools like, uh, you, you know, of, of the caliber of a BU or what have you, that, have, that are going to produce a lot of transactional attorneys. And it would be nice for uh, people, number one, to have an idea of what that life and what that practice looks like before they go into it. And number two, to uh, just to have a little bit of prep for it. Uh, but 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 by and large, I think it does prepare students pretty well, better than it uh, better than people realize. I think it gets a, law schools get a bit of a bum rap on that. Now you spent some experience uh, in the real world before you went to law school. You didn't just graduate from college and head to law school. You how long were you out in the in the in the workaday world? Uh, about seven or eight years. And and I obviously it worked for you. Uh, do you think that law students would be have a greater advantage. They took a couple of years, sort of business schools. You couldn't go to business schools a long time ago unless you had done a couple of years uh, before you could even apply. Do you think that that what you did is, is a path that maybe law students, aspiring law students, aspiring law students, might be wise to follow? Um, in the sense that I think uh, for there's a distinction in terms of personally, I think it's, uh, it makes a big difference. For me, it certainly has, um, because I, I just have a, a, a different, uh, I always had a bit of a different uh, assessment of my own value in terms of, in a business sense, because I'd done different things and I had a different uh, idea about where I wanted to go. Um, I knew I'm an entrepreneur and I knew that's sort of what I needed to uh uh, to have in my career is some sort of entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial sort of uh, uh, element to whatever I was doing. But um, I think coming out of, I think for the bigger law firms, um, in terms of professional direction, that th- there may not really be a problem with with uh, going straight through. Um, in many cases, uh, you're better equipped to get those big firm jobs if that's what you know you want. Um, because you haven't really stepped off the track and you can come right in and, and sort of stay on a continuum um, that, that is, is pretty, pretty uh, straight line. Um, but but I, for me, is, from a life perspective, it's, it's been the only way really for me. So it all comes down, I think, to a personal uh, sort of match. 
Great. We're going to take a quick break now uh, on this edition of the uh, Boston University Legal uh, Law School podcast. Um, and we'll have much more with Josh Soloway uh, in just a moment. Located in Boston and steeped in 138 years of rich tradition, BU Law is number one in teaching quality, according to lighter law school rankings, and number three in the nation for best professors, according to Princeton Review. BU Law, admitting students regardless of race, religion, or gender since 1872 and training them to become leaders in the law. Visit the website and see for yourself at www.bu.edu forward slash law. Now back to the BU Law Podcast with host Dan Ray, a lawyer, a veteran Boston broadcast journalist, and BU Law alum. And welcome back to the Boston University Law School Podcast. I'm Dan Ray. My guest today, Joshua Soloway. He's the Managing Director of Rainmaker New York and also the CEO of Soloway Group PC. Um, Joshua, as as a lawyer, uh, you began your career in a non-legal environment. Uh, you uh, spent a lot of time uh, dealing with um, real estate in Los Angeles. How much knowledge, uh, how, how helpful was that? Uh, to spend those years uh, in real estate before you uh, stepped off to become an attorney? Uh, you know, it was very helpful because, um, to me, uh, I, I think uh, the, what drives our business, frankly, is our ability to understand our clients' business and to help them uh, really, from a strategic perspective um, and and from a just really a a day-to-day impact perspective. I think understanding the understanding that I developed by being um, in my own businesses uh, or at least in entrepreneurial environments where you're sort of wearing many different hats uh, uh, throughout uh, the the different uh, initiatives that that, that a smaller firm uh, attempts as it grows and the different phases it goes through, I think um, that there's no real way to replace that. You can't really teach it in a classroom. So, um, from that perspective, I think it's made me a better uh, attorney, and uh, it's really set me up to uh, understand the business of law um, a bit better than I would have if I hadn't had that experience. Now, you worked in the, in the real estate uh, industry, primarily in, I guess, Los Angeles and Southern California. Um, how does that apply to what you do today? What's, what's, what is the transitional benefit from what you did to what you do today? Um, well, I mean, from, from, from one, pers- from one perspective, uh, in terms of finance, it was, uh, it was really my first foray into, uh, financial structuring of any so- of any type, um, in a professional setting, um, aside from managing a budget at, at Rivio, uh, of a, of a customer support department and what have you. But, um, that, that was a sort of a, a little bit of an awakening for me that this was something I enjoyed doing. Um, it, it really comes back down to, uh, to, to just, it could have been in some elements, in some instances, any business, in that it comes down to the priorities of a business, the considerations of running a business, and uh, really being able to understand the position of my clients. Um, because our business really does 
rely on a, a real innate understanding or a real close understanding with the client of their business so that we can play that uh, outsource general counsel role as, as tightly as if they, we were the general counsel right down the hall. We, I'm sure, have um, law students as well as young, freshly minted lawyers out there who might actually be inspired by by what you did. Um, you, you get out of law school, I think you told me in 2006, you start your, your own law firm. Um, what was that experience like? Had to be a little overwhelming. Uh it was in some in some instances. It, you know, you sort of feel your way forward in terms of, uh, of of what that's really going to look like and what the service offering is. Someone once told me that uh, when you start your own firm uh, and you and you first make your uh, get your marketing materials printed, a year later look at those, throw them out, and re- reprint them because the business is different. And he was in some instances very right. Um, I knew my focus was on uh, uh, the energy field where I had uh, experience and expertise uh, and, and quite frankly, a good network of of prospective clients that expressed an interest and a need for these services. Um, And I sort of reacted to what they needed. And um, so in some instances, it can be overwhelming if you're not flexible enough in terms of being able to listen to your clients. But that's the benefit of being a small firm is you can be nimble like that. Um, but it's really mostly just been a real pleasure. And uh, I think of it more as a, a challenge than a struggle. Um, and uh, I've just really enjoyed it throughout the process. So, Last question, um, Josh, and that is, you, you you have a young person, they go to law school, uh, and maybe they're either not interested uh, in the the world of big law firms or they're intimidated by that. I just don't want to get, get roped into it. But at the same time, you know, and many students are getting out of law school facing the prospect of $100,000 or more of, of law school debt. Um, is there some advice you could give young attorneys who, with the burden of the debt on their shoulders, are looking to step down the road, that, that road that you say allows you to be nimble. It's tough to be nimble with, with that big burden on your shoulders. What, what advice would you give a stu- a someone out there who's just getting out of law school who'd like to do something like you did, but has that, that big monkey on their back of $100,000 or $150,000 in, in law school debt? Well, you know, that's something that gets that people dismiss too often, and I think it is a, it can be a crushing burden in many ways. Um, I think that, on the one hand, um, the legal profession or law school or what have you, whatever you, whoever the culprit is, or perhaps it's just the entire industry, uh, does sell the big firm uh, opportunity as this sort of prepackaged solution of what to do with the rest of your life. And I think that's attracting to, attractive to people, um, particularly when you get out of college or what have you, and, and you don't really know what the answer is. Um, but uh, at the same time, those big firms do offer tremendous training that you really can't uh, replace, and, um, and and the financial benefits are, are obvious. Um, but I think uh, you, you can take that training and have your eye on the, uh, you know, and be realistic with yourself in terms of what you want to achieve in your life and what fits you, um, and and don't allow yourself to get. Uh, I think I think uh, you know being a little less uh, extravagant, perhaps throughout the process of being at a big firm, uh, so that you can actually pay down some of that debt and go do what you want to do. Of course, sometimes that's easier said than done. 
It's oftentimes easier said than done. Josh Holloway, I want to thank you very much for being with us uh, today. How can listeners uh, get in contact with you if they'd like a little bit more information on any of the issues we've discussed today? Uh, I welcome anyone to uh, to contact me personally. At uh, you can reach me. We have a, our website is uh, Um My contact information is on there, but I'll give it to you uh, here as well. Uh, our phone number is two one two nine one eight. Four four nine nine. Email address is j soloway at solowaygroup dot com. That's s o l o w a y. Um, and of course, uh, we're located at forty eight Wall Street. So uh, <laughs> pretty wants easy to, to find. By, uh, happy to do that too. All right, Josh, uh, thanks very much uh, for, for being with us today. A very interesting career path that you have taken and, and one that I'm sure some of our listeners might be interested in following. I want to thank also all of our listeners for joining us today. And you can find all the editions of the Boston University Law School podcast on the Legal Talk Network and also at the Boston University Law School website as well as in iTunes. Uh, until we next meet, hope all of you have a great day. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the BU Law Podcast with host Dan Ray. Check out what else is happening on campus at bu.edu forward slash law.